right, hey, what's up, y'all? It's Will here at Schedule Fly, and man, I'm excited today. I've got Keith Paul on the phone. Keith's in Oklahoma. Uh, he owns a Good Egg Dining Group, and they've they've been a good customer for a long time. I've known Keith for a while. He was in our first book. Uh, really have a lot of admiration for Keith and his bride and his his group of restaurants and the people they they employ. They uh, they just they just run a good business. And um, one of the things I'll never forget it to this day. And I think that first book Keith was gosh it was in like 2011. I probably interviewed you in 2010. So 10 years ago, you said focus on what's inside your four walls. And I, I really I thought that was a great lesson. And uh, Anyway, man, I appreciate you taking the time to catch up again, my friend. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. I can't believe it's been ten years since that since your first book. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, we did the interviews in I think 2010. It came out uh, March or February of 2011. So uh, it's yeah. been a long time. Yeah, back, Lot, lots happened, man. Back in the good old days. Back in the good old days, boy. I know the issues we were addressing then and talking about. Whew, pale <laughs> that was like the wild west so uh well um well first of all how are you and your family and um and your your team everybody okay everybody healthy yeah everybody's healthy um you know i haven't heard of you know we have about 500 employees and i haven't heard of one of them that have gotten sick so um we're still keeping in contact with with uh as many people as we can we do a kind of a market every every monday at our office and we see about 200 of the furloughed employees they come by over about a three-hour stretch pick up groceries and things that we bring in for them and um we still have i think 30 managers on payroll that uh really we have four stores that are doing curbside and those four stores are basically supporting those 30 or so managers so it's you know, it's we're making the best of it right now, which is you know just trying to keep everybody's spirits up and see how this thing plays out. There's just a lot of hurry, 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 so you can wait, you know, and just be prepared is what we're doing, and for the next step is really what we're doing now. Okay, let's break this down a little bit now. The uh, well, first of all, how many how many locations do y'all have now? We have uh, twelve. Twelve locations across how many concepts? Uh-huh. Um, nine concepts. Nine concepts. Okay. And you got four that are doing to go. Do you, um, and you've got your market where the employees come by on Mondays. Do you have a different supply chain than the grocery stores? Um, yeah, yeah. We still, we're still using our, um, our full service, our broadline distributor. Okay. Um, for all, you know, we just get in like, I think we, every Monday we spend about $3,000 and, and get in, you know, majority of that is fresh produce. And so then we're getting some pasta, you know, some shelf stable stuff. But, um, so on those items, everything's fine on supply chain. You know, if we were dealing with fresh seafood or, or even, you know, fresh steaks, it'd be a different conversation. Okay. So you're able to, to acquire that still and sell that. And then, uh, do you, did y'all ever think about, expanding that outside of your employees well no other than other we have other uh servers and back of house staff from other restaurants that have come by okay and we we gladly you know let them participate in that but you know markets and grocery store that's not our business and yeah we're 
you know, we, we all over the past four weeks, we feel just stretched so thin and it's, we've never been busier, which is, that's a bad thing. We think we're, you know, we, we'll get back to some normalcy. And so just taking care of our people and whoever else comes by, it makes us all feel good just to see these, these faces and, um, and they're, they're happy to see each other and, and grab a, you know, a bag or two of, of, uh, groceries and it, it should last, you know, family of four, they're grabbing so much. So it'll last them a week, uh, probably. Oh, good. Okay. Well, how is the, um, so how is the, uh, curbside, the takeout going at the four that you're, you're doing? Yeah. So, so we're doing one of our tuckers, which is our, um, our quick service burger concept. It's doing about the same sales it was doing. So it's, we don't have a drive through. We wish, we wish we did, but so it's, it's holding its own. We're, we're kind of, uh, looking at, at this project as a four stores, you know, all for one, one for all kind of thing. And so, um, that Tucker's concept is, is definitely carrying the lion's share of these salaries we're keeping on. The other three concepts are full service concepts and they, uh, you know, they did a very small, you know, our barbecue concept did about 10% of their business to go. And so it's, it's our second leading curbside, um, store, but it's still every, everybody's down, you know, besides that Tucker's we're, we're maybe doing 20% of the business okay. at best. All right. 20% of the other ones. Um, so, well, tell me about, um, now with the company, I mean, how many employees do y'all have now? About 500. Okay. So where, what happens with this, uh, cares act and the PPP line when you're, do you, does each, each, are they all separate businesses or how does that work for y'all? Yeah, so we have uh, about, I think we applied for 15 or 16 um, PPP programs, and we've gotten approval. I signed off on everything. We should have funding by, I would say, end of the week. Oh, really? Yeah, and so I just don't know. There's so many strategies of how to use this money. Really, it's a timing thing. We all know how to use the money, um, which, you know, this program to me is, it just wasn't written for restaurants. It was written for small businesses in general, so... Um, you know, our plan right now is we were, we were, ha- we had a very loose date of April the 20th. We would rehire everybody, pay them a hundred percent of their wage for the next eight weeks, continue to do what we're doing, um, with the curbside, maybe add a couple stores. And then by June 15th or so, you know, we'd be closer to, we think we somewhere in that eight weeks will be an opening date, but I don't know what that looks like. Um, it's just, you know, it's just so much up in the air of we still have to use 75% of that for payroll, which at 100%, it puts us at 80 if we get everybody back um, on our full-time equivalents. So then we have a little bit of money for rent and utilities. But, you know, one issue we have is that we house all of our managers um, through our parent company, so they get a big chunk of money. Um, some of these other restaurants like our prime steakhouse is really housed with, or employed with a lot of hourly people, um, excuse me, more hourly than the, um, the managers, let me back up a little bit. The manager's payroll on the steakhouse is a lot more than the hourly people. Okay. So, um, when it's all said and done, 
that the red prime steak when they get their two and a half times their monthly payroll it just doesn't leave enough left over to pay rent and utilities gotcha okay does that make sense yeah it does yeah and so that's the same thing with our tucker stores too because it's it's uh manager heavy on because they're in their you know in production so we're a little bit upside down there luckily we've had we have some really good landlords that have you know waived a couple of months or put the two months of rent on the on the back end of the lease so we're able to at least not come out of pocket um on the tuckers and the, and the steakhouse except for payroll taxes which is you know it's kind of that's kind of a hidden or unexpected cost to a lot of these operators for every hundred thousand in payroll you know you're you're liable for seven to ten thousand dollars that you're not thinking of it's, it's not forgivable hmm Okay, so that 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 wasn't eliminated through this. Correct. Okay. Federal, hmm. yeah, FICA, Fudasuda, all that's not forgivable. Is the way I understand it right now. And that could change by the time we get off this call. <laughs> no kidding, man. I was going to say, <laughs> right now is a is a you know distant past every 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 hour. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, what? Who's your bank? Because it sounds like you got a good bank that was able to hit you. Yeah, we have a local bank here, Bank First, and and, and they're uh, they're the largest SBA lender um, in the state, mm-hmm. which is a good and a bad thing. You know, some of these smaller rural banks are getting money out faster than this. But um, we were at the we've done a lot of legwork, and we um, these are the things I don't really enjoy doing. But our CPA, our CFO, have just really drill this thing down to whenever the bank needs something, we're ready. And so we were one of the, one of the first to get our applications processed. And, um, you know, with no questions asked, it was all, it was pretty cut and dry. We had all, everything ready to go. Who's your, um, who's your CPA local firm? Uh, yeah, it's a local guy. Um, his name's Rob Sorum. He's, he's, he's a real good, we've had a few CPAs in the past and this, this guy's a keeper for sure. Well, there you go. Hats off to Rob and the bank first there, man. Need some, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I got to tell you, man, that you're, uh, that's, that's rare from the folks I've talked to around the country so far. Um, what you've expressed is very different from what a lot of people are, are dealing with, with this stuff. And particularly ones that deal with the larger banks. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a mess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that too. So, okay. So, how do you plan, Keith, for the unknowns going forward of, let's say, even if you do open June 15th or whatever, I mean, do, do y'all sit back and go, okay, well, we, we can't account for the same volume that we had. People are still going to be scarred by social distancing. Like, what do you, what goes through your mind when you try to plan this and try to, you know, unlike in the past where you could probably – fairly accurately predict your revenue and therefore you could schedule your labor costs like what what happens now yeah that's a great question and i think i don't think anybody has the answer right now we're kind of running running models this week at um 60 percent revenue and all the way down to 40 percent revenue and just even at, at 60 best case scenario most of our stores will be at a loss at sixty percent of revenue from what you were last year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I know there's more um, discussions and, and manipulations of this PPP program, or 
even another round of funding that possibly could come through. Um, you know, with they're even talking business interruption. Um, because we just don't, most restaurants don't, independent restaurants don't have the, the cash flow to, you know, to, to, to reopen when this is all said and done and sustain these losses. And for how long? And how long does that go on? At least six months, maybe. I don't know, to the end of the year. Yeah. And you start to see a, you know, if it's a 40% drop in revenue, maybe a month later it's a 35. And, a 30, you know, it just, time will tell. But it, you know, you bring people, bring our people off of unemployment, rehire them back for eight weeks, and then all of a sudden we have to start shedding people again and put them back on unemployment because the business can't support those labor dollars again. So, yeah. Um, you know, you're, even you read about these big chains like Raising Cane's that are down 25% and they're still keeping all their employees, but they're losing money. Right. So, but you know, they have credit lines that'll, that'll help them out, but it's, it's mainly an independent restaurant issue that'll, that a few chains will experience as well. No, I think you're right. That's it. it absolutely. Um, yeah. And then so you- replenishing inventory and, you know, bringing on, if you have your staff on the PPP program during the reopening, that's a blessing, I guess. Um, but replenishing inventory is not forgivable. So yeah call that 20,000 a store, you know, that's, you know, $200,000 and then sustain a, a loss of say 10 or 15,000 a period. So it needs to be more dollars come down the pipe for, for everybody to have a, a, a good chance. Some won't open, you know, if it wasn't for the PPP, I think you'd see 60%, 70% of independence close. Permanently. Oh yeah, permanently. There's yeah. no way they can. Yeah. Cash yeah. in the bank right now. You know that everyone was our last period open. We were closed for a full week, so we had, you know, I guess sixty percent of our income statements were showing losses. Well, so okay, yeah, they need to. So more needs to come down the pike, um, and it it does become challenging too because not only can you not really predict that, but then you've got what happens if this you know, pops back up in the fall and there's no vaccine yet. It's a, it's a mess to try to figure out. Um, but the, the one thing that I think the one thing that y'all have going for you is that, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of independent restaurants in the U S employing, you know, millions and millions and millions of people. And there's, a lot of upstream and downstream impact if you know if 60 60 or 70 percent of restaurants close for good we <laughs> i mean you can forget it the whole economy is going to have some i just it's going to be awful it's going to be brutal so um restaurants are the second largest employer other than the federal government in the u.s so there's got to be a lot of incentive for a lot of people to figure this out and get this right and um you know yeah, at least get I agree. It where some, some, I mean, there's going to be a percentage that aren't going to make it anyway, and, and that's unfortunate. But that's just that's going to happen. I think uh, we don't know what that is. Yeah, but. those, yeah, those restaurants shouldn't. They probably, you know, and I, I have, I've been in the same boat. You know, there's one that we're not thinking about reopening, maybe reconcepting at the first of the year. Yeah, just paying rent until it's, you know. But I think, I think anybody that was on the bubble 
probably will not reopen. Probably that's reopen. probably the smart thing to do at least. What about um do you do you have to streamline your menu or I mean when you talk about, you know, the, your food costs coming back in or do you do you do you take every part of the business and pare it down and um try to just reduce your your costs and your overhead as much as possible i assume you've got to yeah i think we've, we've talked about that we've even and i think a lot of people have done this they've we've reduced our menu for curbside you know and just <clears throat> see you know can we run a kitchen with with uh three guys in the kitchen hmm. um and what does it take what what does the menu look like to do that and what does it look like to run it with two guys yeah. um we're just waiting, we're just looking at every option um, because yeah if you if you know you have a bunch of baked goods in house that, that that's bringing on one or two more people that you probably can do without during these times to make it um, make it through but if you have a bakery concept that's that that's your identity yeah for sure so it's just it's just there's just a lot of tough decisions and the hard part is that there's no clarity there's just so much unknown right now. Um, so it's hard to act. Yeah, it really is. Things change so fast, uh, and things are moving fast, which you would think would be good, but it's not because it's just, things change so fast. So it's hard to make any real decisions that will stick, uh, because that could change. Do you, um, of course, the other thing we don't know is are, are people, you know, there's the psychological aspect of whether people come back out and then there then there's a regulatory thing of are you even allowed to have a full house or you know a packed restaurant or do they limit the number of people in there and then you got the part of um are people you know people that aren't in restaurants are losing jobs and do they have disposable income to go out it's it's a it's it's pretty wild but y'all are um the good thing about independent restaurants is that i think a lot of people keith are at least, you know, the folks I speak to are really reassessing where they spend their money and who they spend their money with. And people are really realizing, you know, you may have taken your independent restaurant for granted in the past. I never have because we serve y'all and I love y'all. And I've always, you know, we've always been big fans of the industry as a whole. But I think a lot of people may not have thought about it as much. And now everybody I kind of run into is going, you know what? we got to support our local restaurants. We got to, you know, we want to, we want them to be here. Uh, it's an important part of our community. It's important to have, you know, places where we spend our money, where the money stays in the local economy. So, um, hopefully that, that aspect is a, is a win for y'all, but, um, yeah, hard to know, hard to know, man. It's crazy. I know. I know. It's, we hope that happens. And we've seen, we've seen conversations online with, on our social media, social media channels, that uh, you know, comments are that they're they have that attitude. They have you know the the uh, the interest of of helping out these independent restaurants. And so, um, even for our employee market days, we've had several companies step up and say they want to sponsor those for our employees, which is great to you know. So that just makes me think that more and more individuals are thinking just like you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. I think so. I really do. Um, l- let me ask you this: Do y'all in in Oklahoma are you allowed to sell alcohol with with uh, to go orders? Yeah, we are. God. We are, and, and, and Oklahoma's waived the the sale the uh, liquor tax on that. But that's just a small piece. I mean, you know, our, especially when you have a restaurant that was doing 
thirty percent liquor sales, and now they're they're doing one or two. Oh so yeah, it doesn't really, really move the needle for it us. The needle. Okay, I was curious. Well, the reason I'm asking that is because here in North Carolina, I haven't found a state yet that, that is similar. But you know, we, they can't. You can't do that here. So, um, there's just been a lot of restaurant folks here, and that are just saying, "Why? Why? Why can't we at least sell some drinks?" You know, just to add a little bit, maybe hire a bartender back. You know, create some additional tax revenue for the state, give people what they want. But I was just curious. I'm just asking everybody in every state um, what's going on. So, um, well, all right, man. What about unemployment? Um, the the folks that are on unemployment are. Do you have? Are you running into the issue which I'm hearing in some places, which is that, you know, I guess that goes through July, the end of July, but you may have people that are making more on unemployment than they would have been making working, and, and it may be hard to get them to come back. Yeah, that's that's one of our fears. Um, I, I just saw something come down from the uh, Unemployment Security Commission, um, which makes total sense, you know, if, if, if we're going to bring back John at his current rate of, call it $40,000 a year, and he turns that down, um, you know, his unemployment claim would come to, would be on our desk. We would say he turned down a legitimate job offer. So then what we understand is they would be, be thrown off of unemployment at that time. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, which which makes sense. It makes the system work, right? The, it needs to keep – the goal for the PPP was to get everybody off of unemployment. And if they capture that extra $600 from the time – they filed or the time it was available to the time they are brought back on to the payroll, then good for them. But if we're able to, I just, does that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. I'm glad to hear that yeah. because that was a concern that, I mean, you you know, I think a lot of people would say, well, wait a minute now, I'm going to go back and make less. Why don't I just ride this thing out and go back later? The, the myopic part. So I'm glad that, that from a regulatory perspective, they're, they're trying to address that. And the other part of that that I think is myopic is you um, if if some percent, if any measurable percent of restaurants close, that means there's few job openings. So you're, you're in a much more competitive marketplace for labor at that point. Whereas for so long now, you all have had a hard time attracting and keeping good people because everybody's employed and, you know, it's hard to find and keep good people. I don't think that's going to be a problem anymore. I think you're going to have, yeah. you know, once you're hiring back, you probably have fewer positions and fewer restaurants. Um so more quality people perhaps in those roles. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and these employees need to, especially the ones that are on salary, they just need to, I would, in my opinion, the advice would be to, to um, accept the job offer that's given to you because when this is over with, there won't be that many jobs out there. And if you're one of the ones sitting out on the sidelines, the odds of the chances of being rehired are, are, are not 50 50 they're below that i think totally agree yeah absolutely um because it's also hard to get around that too if you if you don't come looking for work until august people are going to know exactly. why um yeah exactly so well hey um anything else you want to wrap about keith i want to respect your time and i asked for about 20 minutes or so um but, yeah no i think i think we've got it all covered i just uh i think everybody's in the same boat which is the only you know, I guess good thing about this because as restaurateurs or even any other small businesses, you have, you know, you have plenty of people to talk to about this and talk about strategies and talk about how not to get in trouble with this PPC dollars. Yeah. Um, you know, some people are going to get a big, 
a big check and if it's not managed um with the with the uh program right now that two years at one percent uh anything at one percent always sounds good but it's still debt and any anything you're adding to your balance sheet in my opinion is is a negative in this situation it's going to be hard to overcome that yeah I, i totally agree with that absolutely two years is a very short period of time um yeah yeah the original 10 year deal was great yeah um but still debt's debt and um but if you need it to you know the 30 year deal with the disaster program is way more enticing um but you know other SBA programs are such a pain in the butt to complete and to go through and it's just uh if you can do it without that we're going to do it but if we have to resort to a larger SBA funding program, then we're going to jump on board as well. Yeah. And then they'll, and then, so, and then we hope that the, um, you mentioned this, I just want to touch on it a little bit more and I'll let you roll, but the business interruption. So business interruption insurance, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, typically has not been being paid, uh, because that a, a pandemic or a virus would not be part of that. Normally it's a, uh, act of God, such as a maybe a tornado where you are, or a hurricane where I am, is that where we're at? And what we're hoping is that they'll they'll require an exception for that. Well, I, I don't know what the what the chances of them um, really going the business interruption route. You know, the business interruption thing makes everybody whole except for the insurance companies. And so, if there's a bailout, let's bail out the insurance companies and and you know have their balance sheets look you know a little bit. Uh, heavy instead of our instead of what you know millions of small businesses mm-hmm. that that not necessarily will make it anyway with with all that debt. So I don't I'm not pos- I'm not 100 percent confident that that business interruption piece is going to come down as a full business interruption um, relief. However, there could be something that's similar to that is was what I'm hoping for. Well, I hope so. I think the insurance industry has significant lobbying power in uh, D.C. Correct. The challenge y'all have as independent restaurants is it's a very fragmented space, so it's harder to get the lobbying. Even the NRA, which has worked really hard and done a good job. I mean, traditionally, the NRA being the National Restaurant Association, you know, their interests have typically been more aligned with big chains and so forth. So uh, uh, that can get tough when the politics part of this gets in the way but the flip side of that coin is i keep reminding you know folks i mean there's you're talking about you know 13 15 million people working in restaurants in this country and and uh it's like a a trillion trillion dollar industry when you factor in all the upstream and downstream that's a significant part of our gdp if 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 the industry collapses in, in the sense of 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 percent of restaurants not making it, man. We got much bigger problems that we will all have to deal with. So, oh, yeah, much bigger problems. And that didn't even account the small farmers and distributors and, yeah, you know, exactly. artisan, artisan bakers out there that'll, that are struggling and will continue to struggle without these customers. Totally, totally. Well, hopefully, they'll figure it out. We got to, uh, you know, we're all, everybody's working on the same problem, which is the one good thing about this. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, well, Keith, I appreciate it, man. Um, tell everybody hello, and you know where I'm at. If I can ever do anything, always happy to help, my friend. Yeah, well, you've been great, man. Just keep up the keep up the great work, and let's uh, let's celebrate here in a few weeks or months. You know, 
every every milestone a positive one is something to celebrate i guess totally agree i know i know <laughs> anything we can come up with now is a good reason to raise a glass that's for sure um that's right. all right my friend we'll take care right. and uh appreciate it and uh we'll talk again soon okay thanks will all right see you